verse of chapter 1. But welcome to church. Welcome to Brighton Assembly. Thanks for coming out today. Uh, like Melissa said, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Pastor Clayton. Uh, I've noticed I'm looking out in the crowd a little bit. I see a little more facial hair than I'm used to when I'm preaching. Um, I don't know what that's all about. A little, a little different. Uh, you know, Pastor Mark, Pastor Brent, they took out of town this weekend. They want you to believe they're on a hunting trip, uh, but I promise you they're actually at a knitting conference in Colorado. Uh, Pastor Mark, his manly bravado, it's all a facade. Uh, he's actually, he's a huge softy. He loves knitting. Um, they're having a great time out there. No phones, just two guys up there knitting away. They're having a blast, you know. I was a little worried in the first service. You know, the, they're a little older. I didn't want to fi- offend anybody. Filter's gone this service. Uh, we're going to have a good time. Uh, who's excited to be in church this morning? Come on. Right now, first service is beating you. I mean, who's excited to be in church this morning? Come on. Goodness, let's go. I'm excited to be here today. Uh, hey, for real though, I forgot to do this last service. I'm so thankful for Brent and Melissa. We got great pastors here, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be with you guys um, today. Uh, we, a couple weeks ago, we were in staff meeting. And uh, Pastor Brent said, hey, me and Mark would be out of town, need someone to preach. Mike stepped up, said, nope, not interested. Um, and so Brent just kind of sat there, and he's like, oh, man. So now it's between Pastor Clayton and, and just shoving in the, uh, the VeggieTales Jonah. Um, he was really debating between the two. After a lot of prayer and consideration, he's like, okay, we'll give, we'll give Clayton a chance. You may never see me again. This may be my last Sunday. I don't know. We'll just see how, how, how it goes. Now, one thing I love in the world is the Sight and Sound Theater. Who's ever been to the Sight and Sound Theater before? Oh, my goodness. It is awesome. How many of you went and saw Jonah when it was in town? Oh, not enough. Not enough. I love the Sight and Sound. They do so many cool visual effects and stuff that they do, and they bring out so many cool things. Um, The Jonah one is really cool. There was a lot of oohs and ahs. Somehow they turned the entire theater into the ocean. And they got all these fish flowing around, and people in fish costumes dancing, having a good time. But my favorite part, I'm there with all of my, uh, my, my dad's side of the family, with my grandma and grandpa, my aunts and uncles, my cousins. My favorite part, they bring out this giant whale on sticks. Okay, so they're carrying this whale. And I, we all have that one family member who's you know, maybe not the sharpest tool in the shed. All right, I'm just going to say it. Love her to death. Maybe not the sharpest and I kid you not, she's 14 or 15 years old. She turns straight to me, looks me dead in the eyes, and says, is that a real whale? Um, but I love the sight and sound. Um, it was a good time. Uh, she, she did graduate high school last year. I'm very proud of her. Good job, Claire. You did it. But, um, you know, I like the story of Jonah wearing the sight and sound. I didn't like it as much when I was reading it. I've never been a huge fan of the story of Jonah. My youth friends know that. Uh, I don't like Jonah's attitude. I don't like his uh, uh, unwillingness to be obedient to God's word. But my biggest problem with the story of Jonah is that when I look at it, I see myself a lot in Jonah. I loved how Pastor hit on that last week. Jonah's not just a story about one guy who messed up. It's a way we can kind of look into ourselves. And even being as close to God as we want to be, sometimes we still fall short uh, of being obedient. Sometimes we fall short of being in direct communication with God like we really want to be. So last week, for those of you who weren't here, those of you who've never read the story of Jonah before, um, we see that Jonah, a prophet of God, uh, a man of high status in Israel, received a word from the Lord. And he said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and call them to repentance. Now, 
those of you who don't know, Nineveh was a pretty evil, evil, evil country, okay? They did some really bad things. Uh, Pastor Brent shared some of their torture tactics last week. My favorite one's when they literally pull the skin off your face and just nail it to their wall and, and let you know what they think about you. That, that's a really a gruesome one. But they really didn't like the Ninevites because the Ninevites had attacked Israel. So because of that, Jonah had kind of a, a heart in the heart, you could say, towards the city of Nineveh. And so when God calls him to do it, he says, you know what, I'm not going to do that. Actually, instead of going a couple hundred miles to Nineveh, I'm going to go 1,500 miles away to Tarshish. So he gets on a boat with the pirates who don't do anything. They sing a couple songs, you know, we are the pirates who don't do anything. We just stay home and lie around. No joining in. I know all of you know that song. Oh, my goodness. So he gets on this boat. They're singing. They're having a party. Uh, but Jonah is so upset about what God's called him to do. He's in the bottom of the boat, and he's down there, and all of a sudden, a storm arises, all right? This boat is going through this terrible storm. All the people think they're going to die, and the, the crew is, is praying to their false gods, and Nothing is happening. So finally they're like, okay, we have that weirdo below the deck who doesn't like singing with us. They go down to get him, and he says, hey, actually this whole storm is my fault. So they cast lots, and they sacrifice Jonah to the sea, and that leads us to where we are this week. So you got your Bibles with us. We're going to read our scripture passage for the day. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish. Now after last service, I was let known the Bible does not say whale, okay? So I may say whale today. We don't know if it was a whale, all right? So it's either a whale or a fish. It could have been a megalodon. I don't know. Maybe just a giant goldfish. Uh, something, something swallowed Jonah, okay? Something in the water, all right? So the Lord arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and as Jonah was inside of the fish for three days and three nights. Then, he waited three days for some reason, then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from inside the fish. And he said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and, the, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me, and I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves." Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more towards your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head, and I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. And I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates lock shut forever." But you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death as my life was slipping away. I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. We often get really caught up in the whale. All right? I remember one time I was listening to a sermon and this guy told the story about a girl who was evangelizing on the street corner. 
And an atheist came up to challenge her on what she believed. And one of the first things he asked her was, do you really believe that Jonah was swallowed by a whale and lived? She said, well, I believe in the Bible, and I believe everything that is in it is true. And, and she said, but you know, just for you, when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah. And he said, well, what if Jonah's in hell? And she said, well, I guess you'll have to ask him then. <laughs> See, we get all caught up on the whale, but the whale's not what the story of Jonah's about. It's just a part of the story, a very minute part. You know, I loved last week, Pastor Brent decided to tell all of you how much the, the, the whale didn't really mean to the story of Jonah, how it wasn't a big portion of it, how we focused too much on it. And then he proceeds to leave town and gives me the part of Jonah that talks all about the whale. So, very thankful for that. But hey, there's three things I really took from my studying this week I want to share with you guys. Um, a lot of times Brent likes to keep me wondering how long we're going to be in here. You know, I never know if, if I have parents coming at, at noon or 12.30, there's no in between. Um, I'm not going to keep you long today. I know you guys get hungry. All right, this is the late service. We got some good lunch coming up. But I got three things that I took away from the story that I would like to share with you today. My first point today is we are called. You see, Jonah finds himself in this predicament, the worst spot of his life, because he denied the call of God. He denied the call of God. God called him to go call an evil group of people to repentance. And Jonah said, no. Those people don't deserve it. You see, kind of like Jonah, I feel like we are all blessed with a calling on our lives. You see, in the New Testament, Jesus gives us what we can now call the Great Commission. Go to all nations, baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are all called to preach the gospel. But one thing I've noticed is that in the United States, and I'm guilty of myself, we don't quite take this as seriously as we should. Go to all nations, baptizing the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have wonderful missionaries with us today. They are going to a dangerous portion of the world to preach the gospel. That's awesome. But often in our own lives, we're too scared to tell our waitress or someone at work about Jesus and what he's done in our lives. That is the opposite of what God has called us to do. You see, Jonah didn't want to act in obedience, but a lot of times we don't want to either. You see, we wear the title of Christian but we don't want to act like it. When Pastor John was still here, he used to go to Starbucks and get a coffee and put oat milk in it. Now, I don't know what oat milk is. I don't know where the udder is on an oat, um, but I don't want that in my coffee, ever. You see, it wants the title of milk, but we all know a milk comes from a cow, okay? Maybe goat, I'll give it to you. But he'd drink it. He'd call it real milk, and it's like, that's not real milk. It's an imposter. We often want to we often want to, to, to make ourselves look like Christians, but we don't want to live the lifestyle of Christians. You know, we all have that one family member who's not saved, but we just don't share the gospel with them because we know how they're going to respond. We all have that coworker who we know who doesn't know the Lord, but we're afraid if we do it, oh, they might give us a hard time or we might make them angry. We all know that we see people at Walmart or on the street corner, we might say, hey, they're definitely on meth right now. Like, I'm not going to go share the gospel with them. But you might be the only person who is there that could give him the gospel. And we choose not to because of people's status. Often, like what Jonah's doing here, God, they're not worthy of your grace. And my challenge to you today is, who are we to decide who is worthy of God's grace? Can I get an amen? 
Who are we to say that someone has done something so wrong they don't deserve the gospel? Who are we to say that that person doesn't at least least deserve a chance to hear about God's love? Guys, we are called just like Jonah was. Scripture has called us to teach people about the gospel. The second thing I took from the story of Jonah is disobedience takes us away from God. Disobedience takes us away from God. Who honestly can hear, can, can sit here today and say we haven't sinned? None of us. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all done something terrible. And Jonah finds himself in a position here where the worst thing he's ever done has taken him farther from where he's ever been from God. Jonah was a prophet. He was a man who heard the direct voice of God, and people looked up to him to hear what God's will was for their life. He had an awesome opportunity to go share that somewhere else. And he said, no, I don't want to do it. See, in a way, we are Jonah. We all sin. We all do things that are not obedient to the word of God. But Jonah chose to run in the opposite direction. Now, ultimately, that led to Jonah getting a nice custom watermobile to come pick him up. But see, when he got picked up by that custom watermobile, you know, whether it was a shark or a whale or megalodon, I don't know what it is, it took him further from God than he's ever been in his life. I want to read a second from what he's saying here. I was buried beneath the wild winds of the stormy waves. I sank beneath the waves. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the roots of the mountain. I was imprisoned in the earth. Does it sound like Jonah's having a good time? No. Jonah's disobedience led him to the darkest point of his life. He went from being a man of authority to being in the bottom of the ocean in some kind of fish. No friends, no family, no food. There's no Chick-fil-A in the belly of a whale. I mean, come on. When we, when we don't follow the will of God, when we, don't, or we aren't obe- obedient to what God has called us to do, it takes us away from God. I'll never forget... When I was a senior in high school, I had a good friend. Uh, his name was Dalton. Dalton wasn't saved, had a terrible home life. And uh, I felt like one day in youth group, God had called me to, to invite him to church. And I said, Dalton doesn't want any part of that. Like, I know what he likes. I know what he does. There's no way that he wants to come to church. And I didn't invite him. And I waited three or four weeks. And those three or four weeks, I had some of the worst experience that church ever had. I didn't feel like the worship was for me. I didn't feel like I could feel God's spirit like I was supposed to. And finally, one day, I'm getting ready to leave for church, hanging out with my friend, and, and I kid you not, he looks me dead in the eyes and says, where do you go every Wednesday night? And I said, well, I'm actually going to, to youth group. And he said, why have you never invited me? He came with me that night, and he got saved the first night. So when God gives us a task, when he asks us to do something, he's, he's asking it because he knows it's what's best, and he knows that you're going to have an impact. And uh, when we neglect that, all we're saying is, God, I don't want your will in your life, my life. God, I don't want what you have for me. I don't want what you have for my community. I don't, want ha- I don't want what you have for my family. So let's step in obedience today. The third thing that we can learn from the story is we serve a God of second chances. Jonah messed up. He'd fallen far from where he was before. He went the opposite direction of what God had for him. You know, it reminds me of a parable that we learn about in the New Testament, the parable of um, the prodigal son, all right? A, a boy who took everything that his father had for him, went off and blew it, made the worst decisions of his life, and found himself wanting to go back to his father. 
And, and where do we find at the end of the story? We find the son going back to the father with open arms, excited to see him. Jonah was a prodigal. He'd run in the opposite direction. And a lot of times we find ourselves in the same space. We may know God, we may have given our heart to Christ, but we find ourselves going in the opposite direction, running away from what we know was safe. I love Jonah's prayer in this because he talks about his personal struggles and then he, he praises God. He says, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise and I will fulfill all of my vows. I don't know how many times I've heard, I can't praise God where I'm at. You don't know what I'm going through, the situation I'm in. Jonah was in the worst spot of his life in the bottom of the ocean. He found, sides, he found time to praise God. There's never an excuse not to praise God. The second thing I love about Jonah's prayer is that he quotes scripture. I believe it's eight times that he quotes the Psalms in his prayer and quoting scripture while he's praying to God. And the third thing he does is he repents. He says, God, I know what I've done. I know I'm in the wrong. I, I, I want you to save me. I promise to fulfill what you have called me to do. And all because of that, God gives Jonah a second chance. I don't know about you, but there's been plenty of times in my life where I've needed a second chance. Worship, uh, Riley, if you come up and play piano, that'd be great. Sometimes we find ourselves in a way where we're drifting away from God. We've made a mistake, and, and we, just, we don't know how God could ever forgive us. We've been away from church so long, it's like, oh, God doesn't want me there anymore. I've, I've chosen another out. But we serve a God of second chances. I love it because it's, it's one of the major themes for all the Bible, even before Jesus comes. Adam and Eve. I mean, no offense, but the last woman to pick somewhere to eat doomed all humanity, all right? <laughs> God still gave her a second chance, and him. King David was an adulterer. He was a murderer. God gave him a second chance. And his most effective years of his ministry happened, or, or, or his, his kingship happened after that. Samson was a he-man with a she-weakness. Well, guess what? That hair grew back on that head, all right? Simon Peter denied Christ three times. And still, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, found himself recommissioned. And here's Jonah, Mr. Nineveh Bust belly of a fish, bottom of the ocean, and God gave him a second chance. I don't know if there's anybody in here who needs a second chance today, but I want you to know we serve a God who loves to give second chances. And not just second chances, but third chances, fourth chances, a hundred chances. And I want you to know it doesn't matter how far away you feel from God, he loves you, and he's waiting for you with open arms. I know it's easy to get in a spot where we feel like we don't deserve God's love, that we've done something too wrong to even feel like we can come to God, but just like the prodigal son came to his father with open arms, God is waiting for you with open arms as well. So in a minute, actually, if you guys could stand, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. We're going to sing one more song before we close today. And if you say, hey, you know what, Pastor Clayton, I'm going through something, or I need a second chance, I want you to know this altar is open, and I encourage you to come up to the front. Just find a spot where you can be alone with God. And it's as simple as what we saw Jonah do. 
God, I know where I'm at. I know what I've done. But I also know that you're a good God. You're a gracious God. And I ask that you give me a second chance today. Renew me, fill me with your spirit, and help me leave feeling close to you. And I believe he wants to do that for you today. So I'm going to pray us out. And we're going to have the worship team lead us in one more song before we leave. And if you just feel like, hey, I need that today, I want to encourage you to come to the front. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much for today, God. I thank you for the opportunity that we had to come in today to be in church, God, to be in your presence, to be in fellowship with one another, to worship you, and to see what your word has for us, God. I pray as we go throughout this song that you just encourage everyone in this sanctuary, God. Uh, as we leave today, I pray that you implant on our hearts that you are a God of second chances, God. That you always have a plan for us and you love us no matter what. In your name I pray. Amen.
ask the Lord to search our hearts. As I was listening to the message, both first and second service, I just believe the Lord's calling us back to remembering what we're called to. And so in order for that to happen, I believe we have to make sure that we're close to him and we're listening to his voice so that we can obey. So just for a minute, I want you just to talk to Jesus in your own way. Just ask him to search your heart and show you the things that maybe aren't as close as they used to be, Maybe there's something you need to turn and run away from. Or maybe there's someone that you need to speak to this week about him. So let's just just pause for a second and think about those things. happening, Lord, in this story, God, and and how this is who we are, Lord. God, help us to see you as that loving Father. God, help us to show the love that we have received, God, to those around us, Lord Jesus. God, give us a name. Give us a face right now, Lord, as we're praying. God, maybe it's more than one, or maybe we've already been in contact, Lord, and you're saying, try one more time try one more time. They're ready. Now's the time. God, I just pray, Lord, that this week, God, we would be used by you, God, to shine your light, God, to those around us. God, we've all been called. God, we're all answering this morning. God, help us to know what to do next, what to say. God, to walk in your obedience, Lord Jesus, and in your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Much appreciation to Pastor Clayton, if you guys will help me to appreciate. I'm pretty sure you'll be back next week. Maybe not in here, but you'll be back next week. So thank, also big thanks to Katie. She is over there taking care of our kids this morning. So all by herself. Yes. Big deal. She has 